is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's an overreaction Monday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos, the official chip and dip of the Dallas Cowboys. Here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star in Frisco alongside Cowboys insider Rob Phillips, our resident Super Bowl champion Isaiah Stanback, and the great sultry voice of Heckma Harrison. I'm not supposed to say that one, right? I'm supposed to say professional football analyst Heckma Harrison. Yes. I'm Kyle Yeomans. How's it going, everybody? Oh, that's good. What, P? You were shaking your head right there. Right? I'm not going to do it today. No. Nope. What? Nope. Mm-mm. What's that? Nope. You said overreaction Monday. Uh huh. Yeah. And I just started going, nope, not going to overreact. Not that's gonna a do good it. thing. And, you know, it's kind of a great place to be as Cowboys fans because we've gotten to sleep on it a little bit. We've gotten to kind of mellow mm. out after the Thursday loss. And marinate. To the, uh, yeah, that, that could be the other word you could use, uh, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you're right. Overreaction Monday is a thing around the NFL. We had over, overreaction Friday. So this is, a, uh, this is a reflection Monday where we still look back at the Tampa Bay game, but now we get a chance to look ahead. And unfortunately for the Cowboys, there's a lot of bumps on the road coming ahead in the form of injuries and the form of suspensions. And we will get into all of that. Uh, coming up here in a little bit. But uh, let's start things off by taking a look back at the week one, just in general. Cowboys, rest of the NFL. Rob, what stuck out to you the most? From the entire league? Either one. Uh, I, I was. We, we talked about this on a text message last night. Like, what's the thing? Isaiah had a great idea. What, what Now that it's marinating, you've had mm-hmm. a weekend to marinate. What, what stands out in your mind about week one? And for me, it's defensively... How did they play? Did, was it was it good? Was it more like last year? You know, because I think if you want to tidy it up into a nice little narrative, you could say, ah, it kind of felt like 2020. You know, offensively, they did a lot of good things. They scored some points. They piled up yards. Red zone wasn't great. Special teams did some okay things, had some, some mistakes there. And defensively, they gave up touchdowns, and they gave up a key drive at the end. But, uh, you know, going back and looking at it, I thought, I thought it was better. I thought it was definitely better than what we saw last year you know if you look at what they did in the second half of that game yes they gave up the field goal late but Tampa Bay had five drives it was a punt touchdown punt fumble field goal that's better that's better against a Tom Brady defense so I'm more encouraged after spending the weekend marinating as Isaiah would say (laughs) um after the weekend man not much has changed for me I'm, I'm still concerned on off on the offensive side of the ball in terms of our ability to throw the ball downfield I'm still concerned about Dak and his confidence in his shoulder, um, mm-hmm. whether that's mental, whether that, whether, that, whether that's physical. Either way, it had an effect over our ability to throw the ball down the field. So we got to figure that out because I don't believe that we'll be as successful as we'd like to be if we can't have those big plays over the top. And we have the receivers to do it, minus one, obviously, right now. Um, but we have to be able to have those big plays down the field. Uh, defensively, I love the way we, fly, we, were, we were flying around, but we have to be able to cover man. 
because that's what's going to be asked of them. They're going to be asked to cover, be, to play man coverage. And we have another tall task coming up this week um, on the outside with some guys that are actually a little bit bigger um, overall. Um, and then special teams, dog on it, man. We can't, we can't keep giving up returns like this. Uh, we have to get stout on that side of, on that side of things. That's a third of the game. And I think if anybody never thought about it in that regard, I think people is probably more so in the forefront of their minds now. That is a very important aspect of the game. They don't just let it be something that you write off and think that your second stringers just go and play special teams. That is a very impactful portion, and it's something that we have to dominate if we want to be in position to win ball games. Well, I mean, I got I got a, what four good days of sleep mm-hmm. and uh, still woke up with the same worries. But some of them, I think, I've subsided a little bit. Really, uh, it was good to see Trayvon Diggs actually dominate a top tier wide receiver and seeing him take those steps. I think everybody in Cowboys Nation can you know kind of rest your head on the fact that we have that. Q, that's cornerback uh, one. Mm-hmm. Um, now, will he travel? Will some of those things happen? Because you know, if you can do that in your defense, that really allows Quinn to be very creative uh, with what he does. But man, also Bones Fossil, uh, the special team woes. I, I think that's one of those things that's going to come back to revisit and bite mm-hmm. you again because you're going to have to be able to cover special teams the way that Mickens was able to get them in favorable field position. I think that's uh, you cannot do that. And Bones Fossil, as a coach, I think we've made so much of him and what he's done. I, I think you have to come back and revisit that, especially when the special teams group has the words that they have. But Kellen Moore's offense, I, I mean, after watching so much football this weekend, I just recognize that football has changed. It's a passing league. Uh, we watched NFL yesterday. Man, not a whole bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. I mean, the running backs, I'm talking about running backs. The dogs of the league. Yeah, are, are not, it's, yeah. it's being cut out. And, and there's just throwing it all over the park. And I think the the Boo Eagles were the only team to actually have a running back with 25-plus uh, rushes. And I could be wrong on that. I'm sure they're going to fact-check me. <laughs> but still, I just feel like the whole league is changing. And, you know, look, I, it, I do not doubt that Kellen Moore is going to end up being a head coach in the NFL or so, at some point. But just, man, I think this offense was in a college. <laughs> it would be explosive. I would want to play in this kind of offense because he's throwing it all over. But defensively, just the last thing is, you know, look, they still put up 30 points. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of hard to say, you know, look, there was there's marked improvements, but at the same time, there was 30 points put up against the defense. But there are some things that you can hang your hat on, and it's probably at the front line that you feel good about. No, I, I completely agree with you. And by the way, in terms of in terms of rushing around the league, in the AFC, there were only three 100-yard rushers, and there are three guys that you wouldn't have expe- expected. Joe Mixon, Melvin Gordon, and then Damian Harris. In the NFC, there were only two, and that was Elijah Mitchell and David Montgomery. So, not a lot of running backs had success week one. So you're right. If that's what you're basing the success of this offense on, maybe think again. Yep. Don't, don't necessarily think that's the case. But I want to kind of go back the other direction now. If you had to rank the three units, units offense, defense, special teams, from last Thursday, what would you rank them one through three? One through three. Hmm. That's tough. I'll, I'll go if you want. Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll go offense. Defense, special teams. Okay. You know, special teams, I think we've talked about it. Whole body work last year, probably the best unit they had. But, you know, on Thursday. Most consistent, anyway. Most consistent. But on Thursday night, they gave up a a big kickoff return, a couple penalties, and. Multiple punt return. Yeah. And and Greg Zerline missed two big kicks 
or you know an extra point and a field goal that cost him the game. So three kicks when you think about it. So two field goal attempts. So you know that was a, that was a tough night for the special teams. I, I agree with Rob P. That's exactly the order I was going to utilize. Um, I think offense stepped up, even though we didn't take advantage of some of the opportunities we had. We still were pretty consistent for the most part. Uh, we we abandoned the run. We just talked about that. Um, defensively, uh, these guys, were they're flying around. I, I think we talked about it last week in terms of us actually having a culture now. We have an identity. Uh, so that's something we've talked about extensively over the past you know, summer. Uh, so that's encouraging to see. But again, we have to man up. We got to we got to get in these guys' face and guard some dudes, and it's hard in this league. But guess what? That's what you got, and that's what you're paid to do. And then special teams. I mean, shoot. I mean, that, that's just effort. That's really just effort. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that Coach Fossil's drawing up plays that put us at a disadvantage no, on special hey, teams. No. So it really just comes down to executing and and understanding. It's film study, right? Understanding what are these teams trying to do. Now, obviously, week one, it's kind of hard to do film study because you don't know what the heck they're going to do. But as a, as a special teams player, you have to be high alert. You have to communicate. Um, a, it, it takes a lot. Special teams is probably more demanding um, mentally than offense over defense, to be honest with you, because you have to be aware of so much. You have to be aware of the other guys around you, and there's there's schemes directly against you, um, depending if you're an impact player, tackler, disruptor, things of that nature. So there's a lot more moving parts, and you have to be a lot more versatile as a player uh, if you're playing special teams. And, you know, you, uh, you have to also think about Noah Brown's Absence, Absolutely. Yeah, he was, uh, and, yeah. and maybe you yeah. know that there wasn't this. Don't want to magnify that, but it's, again, it may have been something that made a difference on special teams as well. Yeah. But one, two, and three being offense, defense, and special teams, I think is just makes sense. And you, ho- you hope the kicking situation does not carry over. No, I don't too. think so, man. I mean, I don't think so either. But I mean, we've seen it here where it it snowballs. You know, if a guy has a bad game, and but I don't know if they've had they. The last time they had a kicker this accomplished, it was it was Dan Bailey. And we saw it eventually with Dan Bailey. A lot of the stuff's mental, but I'm chalking it up to Rust. Yeah, you he, know? he came he, back and drilled one. He, I mean, he, I mean. Yeah, the last kick was was dead center. And but you know, Jerry on the fan Friday was talking about how we probably were kidding ourselves to think that, you know, he's not gonna kick basically all preseason mm-hmm. until the last game. He gets one field goal attempt in there and he was just gonna be Greg Zerline. He you know? all but admitted that 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 was on the coaches. Pretty much. Jerry pretty much just said everything. Little, yeah. Just a tiny just a bit without bit. actually saying yeah. that without, he and, yeah. and, totally said yeah. that. And you're Correct. trusting you're trusting John Fossil's relationship, the, the history coaching Greg mm-hmm. Zerline. I don't think it's gonna be a problem over the course, but I I think they're playing a, a good team this Sunday. So you hope it doesn't come down to a, a kick or two here like it did on Thursday night. But Man. you've got to def- you've got to depend on this guy that if it does come down to a kick or two that he can actually mm-hmm. do have, it for you. I have I have full faith in him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean before Thursday night, I tweeted this out on Friday, but him as the Cowboys kicker before Thursday, kicks inside 40 yards, he was 19 of 19. Kicks inside 50 yards, he was 31 of 32. So six of the seven kicks he missed last year were beyond 50 yards, which are hit or miss regardless. Um, Sure, you would like him to hit it because his nickname is Greg the Leg, but you want him to be more automatic. I mean, that was the problem prior to Greg Zerline was the automatic side of things between 30 and 50 yards that if you're in field goal range, quote-unquote field goal range, that you're going to make it. And he didn't do that on, on Thursday. That was the Brett Maher thing. Yeah. If Brett Maher kicks from 55 two years ago, you're like, man, that was a great kick. And then it's 35, and you're like, you're holding your breath. Yep. I don't, you know, that's not Greg Zerline's history, so that's no. definitely yeah. So I, I think we're, I think we'll feel a little bit more comfortable about Greg Zerline than Brett Maher. So we've got a couple guys out. Which one do we want to start with? We want to start with wide receiver or the, the offensive tackle because both of them are, are big. I think we're going to start with the offensive tackle. 
and we're going to go into the, we're, we'll we'll take this into the second segment as well. But Rob Lyle Collins now suspended five games by the NFL for substance abuse. Um, he has infractions is the best way to say it there. Violation of the yeah. policy. There you go. So he is unable to return until after the week six game against New England. Correct. He'll be yeah. He'll be ready to get back into everything the Monday after. Goodness gracious! So out five weeks, you don't have your right tackle, who you didn't have all of 2020, and we saw exactly how that panned out. What's the biggest thing on your mind now about not having Lyle Collins? Best five. Is that is it? Is kind of why I wanted to ask it that way. Is are we going basketball here? Like, is it? How are they gonna? How are they gonna address this thing? And I. I'm curious what you guys think because I've kind of been saying it, but I, I don't know if Mike McCarthy's actually going to do what he finally did last year, and that's change out two spots. Well, my, my question is how soon did the team know that there was a suspension coming down? I mean, I think Sounds that like they knew, right? Right. It, it, and yeah. If they, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah, you know? I don't think they were blindsided mm-hmm. by it. And, 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 you know, when you look at the 53, what they, what they ultimately did. Maybe it wasn't a coincidence that they kept Ty Nasecki and Terrence Steele. I didn't think much of it because you know Terrence Steele is, is kind of the developmental young guy and Nasecki's the experienced guy, but they did keep some extra depth there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's my thing about Lael is when did they find out um, and you know were there any additional moves on the table to cover the team? Ty Nasecki in the, in the preseason has just looked slow to me. Um, but he's a little bit better than than Steele, and that's really not saying a whole lot when you say that. And, but you think about Dak and his development and what he did last week, and going into this game this week. Well, you got a Bosa brother on the other side of you that's mm-hmm. going to become, and and you're going. Well, I think the one thing you have to do is get him help, right? Uh, but you know that this guy is going to be directly in Dak's vision. So, how do they make that work? And when you talk about best five, I felt like the offense got flowing so much better in the running game once we converted Zach Martin out to tackle. But based off of everything that I'm hearing, Zach doesn't want to go out to tackle. So, which would be, I guess, after seeing McGovern last week, you would think, okay, put McGovern at right tackle, Zach out to, you know, at, excuse me, McGovern at right guard and Zach out to right tackle. Um, you know, just to see how these things develop. Because obviously, if you get down by too much in this this second game, or it, you know, it carries over to the next week versus Philadelphia, you're going to have to make some moves to shore up the offensive line. Because right now, I don't think there's a lot of confidence there. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. <laughs> you know, and I, I want to, I almost want to say, hey, let's just use Martin as you would use a corner, right? So, you know, just the same way we're saying, hey, Trayvon, you might have to, you might have to follow, you know, the best receiver around. Yeah. You know, you know, Zach, you might, we might have to put you at guard one day and put you at right tackle the next. You know, just just based upon the biggest threat, and obviously going into this week, the biggest threat is. Dog on the Bosa boy, yeah. right? And and he already has a sack and a forced fumble. So we might want to consider putting him out there, even though that's not really where he wants to be. We know he's a team player. We know he's a, one of the best guards ever. But where do we need you most? And, exactly. I, think, and I think that's where what we might have to do. That's the approach I would take. But my name's not Coach Fielding. That's where I'm at, man. Like, and and you know, he you say he's a team player. He'll do whatever yeah. needs to be done. But you know, I, I get the hesitancy because you don't. There's no position that relies more on chemistry than the line, and so you're switching out three of the five spots. That that chick takes some adjustments. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, 
And I know somebody threw out to us in the mailbag today, well, why don't you put Connor Williams at, <laughs> at, at right tackle and keep <laughs> Zach at right guard, keep him happy, and then – Connor McGovern, they've said, is much better, more more comfortable at right guard. So the question is, did he play well enough to make you feel like, well, best five, let's keep him in the lineup and and kick maybe kick Zach out to right tackle. Mike just seems hesitant in publicly to do that. I mean, he said even Friday, like, I'd like to continue doing what you know, working with the guys we've been working at tackle. Yeah. So yeah. I don't you know. I don't foresee us doing it. That's, I think that's what we're all suggesting, and I think that's what we will all do. But you know, I don't foresee us doing it, especially after this first game, seeing how much too tight we used. We used mm-hmm. a lot of too tight, a, but lot, a lot of twelve personnel, and I think that's, we had to. And I think we're gonna have to again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, think, I, mean, I mean, I think you're gonna have to again. Yeah. You know, putting up, having a, a tight end, you know, with his hand in the ground, and another tight end in the wing set, um, you know, right in his hip pocket, just to kind of disturb, you know, and disrupt um, what Bosa is gonna try to do to us. I mean, because he's a beast. You know, even I mean, even even if Lyle was playing, he still would have had his hands full with Dog on Bosa. But I think you trust Lyle much more than you ever. I mean, yeah, no, 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 not even. A and this is, and yeah. I'm saying that's obvious. Yeah. That I just, I'm saying that, but also I think it limits Ezekiel Elliott also in our offense again because he's going to have to stay at home. He's going to have to chip on uh, Bosa or basically stay stay home uh, to protect Dak. So, from somebody who's been in contract negotiations and a locker room and, and switched positions back mm-hmm. and forth, how much is it? Uh, kind of a taboo thing to switch a position like that, even as simple as it is to say, hey, let's swing Zach Martin out the tackle. It's not that easy from a contract standpoint. I mean, Zach Martin, in terms of average salary per year, is the fourth highest paid guard in the league with yeah, $14 million a year. A point. Fourth highest paid guard in the league. If he would switch permanently the tackle and that would be the same contract, he'd be 21st in terms of highest yeah, paid so tackles in the league. So you think about the contract disparity. You saw it with Peters in Philadelphia a couple years ago when he made the permanent switch to tackle. He said, give my money. Where's my money? I'm playing tackle now. It's a more demanding role. So I know it's for five weeks. And a lot of the times there's there's coaches having conversations and saying, hey, we need you to do what's best for the team. Sure. But with a guy like Zach Martin, with the pedigree that he has and the the value that he obviously has for your organization, is it worth Disgruntling him for you that? You know what? It's a it's a great point, and um, maybe, just maybe, just throwing a big maybe question mark. Big maybe. We we did free up a lot of cap space here over the past few weeks. So mm-hmm. being that they might have known this is coming down, being that you just brought that point up, maybe they created some space to be able to <laughs> give him a little Damn. give him a little love tap because they knew that they might have to make this move. That's a big maybe. But, yeah. But there's there is money there. Should we have to, you know. Take care. But that, I mean, you bring up a good point, Kyle, That's and point. just going from where he is pay scale wise to going out, and you would now be the 21st guy. And this is a temporary situation. And, and, and just like Zach Minson last week, we realized it was a temporary situation. So him coming back, we all were like, yes. And then we get the noodles of Lael. No, we don't want to have to deal with this week in and week out. I'm just speaking from a standpoint of once he did make the move to tackle. Our running game seemed to flourish a little bit more. We had, were able to do a lot more with him in that position, as Terrence Steele just pretty much gave us no option with getting a tight end out and you know, into coverage or doing any of that because he was so much of a looked at as a liability. Um, and you just again each and every week there's going to be a guy across from him that's going to be bona fide, and it's going to limit if if we continue this, then it's going to limit our offense for the next five weeks. I'm just curious, what's what's Lyle's base salary this year? 14. And Zach's is how much? Oh, sorry, I was saying Zach's. That was Zach's. I'll get to, to 
Lyell's here in a second. Hey, so, so Heck, Zach's got I'm a bigger sure, contract, right? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. it's probably bigger than what yeah. Lyell's getting paid. So, Heck, what would you do? Would you want your your, your difference in pay? Oh, Chris said it was 10, 10, 10 for Lyell. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, well, if I'm taking on a larger role and everybody, I mean, obviously this is a league where everybody looks at how much I'm getting paid. The guy on another team is getting paid. Now you're going to move me out to tackle. I don't want to get paid like tackles. Um, but obviously they're going to pitch it to him as a, as a Band-Aid thing. And then there's an agent that's going to call and say, oh, can you pay for the Band-Aid? <laughs> paying my money is like paying my emotions, Smokey. <laughs> yes, sir. Let me get that. Man, I, I don't really, I don't see that really. But But the thing that stands out to me is like, it, it, it's a sucky situation for Lyle it Collins. Sucks. I mean, he didn't play all of last year. He gets this neck stinger that costs him the end of training camp. He plays one game, and now he's coming back midseason. So it's like a year and a half of football by the time do he we, comes back. Do we have clarity on what actually happened? I'm hearing all kinds of things. I'm, I'm hearing that he he did not take the test, and therefore he received this penalty. Uh, those are the reports. Those it's, are the reports, it, yeah. Yeah, the, the Cowboys, it's all confidential. Yeah, of course. And, and there's steps within the program that, as far as I know, but Mike McCarthy did not want to discuss it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, he seemed like he was a little angry. Yeah, he called it awkward timing which is, is a great question like did that mean they didn't know and I think they knew something was they coming. Had to have. Yeah I think so. I mean you think but, of all the years that we've heard about Gregory it's always if there's something came down it came down before the season mm-hmm. and so obviously we're going to miss Zach Martin. Thank God we didn't have to go without our whole right side that would have been complete disaster uh, last week but just my, my question is you know how far in advance did they know and was Lael actually playing and with Zach being out did that factor in too. I mean, stranger things have happened in the NFL, right? You know, did did Jerry make a call? Jerry might have made a call. (laughs) I think he would have made a bigger call if he could have. Uh, You got to make a call. You got to make a call and say, hey, look, Uh, man, y'all can't do it like this. (laughs) Just give me the first game. Give me the first. Just give me the first one. Do what what you want with them after this, but I need the dog in the first game. I'm just saying, I mean, if the way that this happened is really kind of weird and awkward, so I think that's probably Mm -hmm. what's throwing Mike McCarthy off. And then there's all this uh, stuff about him appealing it and lawyers being involved and all of that. So I don't think that they just found this out. Yeah, and I'm sure we're probably not going to hear the end of it for quite some time either. I think it's going to be a little bit of time before this thing really goes away, and uh, we'll see how it goes, but when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we are going to discuss how not only to replace Lyle Collins some more, but we're going to talk about Michael Gallup. What do we do without MG on the outside when we come back to Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos? Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. 
The zero you deserve is finally here. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com slash cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, where whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more. Do more. Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. As always, I say it. Stand back. Heck, Harrison, Rob Phillips. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Glad you're with us here on this early Monday morning. We are back and ready to go Love all it. week long. Love it. Drinking water out of a can. Refreshing. Once it hits your lips, it's so good. <laughs> your mic is still. Way I'm over sorry. There. What was that again? I was just talking to her. Up. It's so good when it touches your lips. <laughs> the deja blue in a can. In a can. It actually is quite refreshing. I'll do one. Okay, so I'll do one. We've got a couple questions to answer here, and then we're going to take calls for the rest of the show. How's that sound, gentlemen? All right. Yes, sir. Yeah, taking some calls. Okay, so Michael Gallup out for what could be multiple weeks. Haven't actually had a designation on how long the injury was. There was reports out there that it was three to five weeks. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Rob, can you clarify that? I think that's pretty accurate, Is it? actually. Okay. It's, it's going to be... I think he's a candidate for IR. I don't know if they're actually oh, going to do it. No, no. no Rob. But, why would you tell I mean, us? It's, it's three weeks. It's three weeks. If they do it, he's, he'll be back in three weeks minimum. So It's not so for the season. So you're saying that we're going to be without... Gallup, mm-hmm. Brown, and Turner. Yeah. Well, Brown uh, Noah should be back maybe this week. Noah is back. Noah is back. He just was inactive yeah. last week. Um, and I don't know that they're going to put Gallup on IR. I just think that's an option. If it you is. feel like he's going to be out for a month, why not? You know, open up a roster spot. And it was an ankle injury specified after the uh, in the second half of that loss to Tampa Bay last week. So hope he didn't have a split in his contract. Yeah, I don't know mm. if he did or not. That's that's the stuff people don't know about. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's these new rules. They mess with guys' contracts. Because if you go on IR and you had a split in your contract, that means if you ever go on IR, you get a percentage of what your salary is. Oh, oh so, that that absolutely sucks. Oh, it definitely sucks. So, so I know messing with people's money. Yeah, I know. I got put on. IR like one week before the end of the season when I was one of my times here in Dallas. Oh. And they cut your – for my split, I think I was down to a 30% split. So 30% of what I was supposed to make mm. when you're on IR. Oh, wow. Hurts. Oh, yeah. So it's not just, oh, he just goes on IR for a minute, he'll be back. Guys are like, no, no, no. No, no I can play. <laughs> I can play. Hey, okay. He started hopping a little exactly. bit faster. <laughs> no, I got this. I'm ready to go, guys. Okay, but who is ready to go in terms of the wide receiver position, Isaiah? I mean, Noah Brown. Noah okay. Brown. Noah Brown and Noah Brown. Uh, I think that not I, Cedric I think, Wilson. Uh, 
I mean, said Will's already playing. I mean, he played a lot yeah. last game. So, okay. I mean, he's definitely – he's thrown in there. He's a number three right off the bat. But then Noah Brown comes in at number four, and he helps you immediately on special teams. Simi Fajoka was active last week, but I think he only played on maybe two special teams. So, I think, as we talked about before, this is his working resume right now. This is his extended period for, for his preseason. I, mean, I think they're seeing what he can do. And I think by the time Malik Turner's ready to come back, they're going to make a decision on, hey, Simi, have you done enough? Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure he'll be active again, but he's going to have to make an impact and not just be a guy on special teams. So you're saying this is giving him rope, oh, basically. Yeah. This is Absolutely. the give you rope period. Absolutely. You know, I think I love what you said, and I, I agree. Um, I, I think a lot of people don't understand that it's, this isn't just a three-wide receiver thing here in Dallas. Moore uses everybody, yeah. and, and as you saw that with the way that he used uh, uh, Wilson. Um, but I think Noah Brown impact not only, like I said, special teams, but also on offense. I think he does a lot of good things in those intermediate routes, and I think Dak trusts him. And he's a yes, and that's what Michael Michael Gallup does. Also, the yep. people don't mention that he's a better blocker than a lot of guys, and so it's going to be impactful for for this team to have to try and deal without MG. But I think that. Man, I just this is that time that I wish uh, Malik Turner was was yep. healthy mm-hmm. because man, he did so much uh, in preseason, did so much in camp. But again, you have veteran guys already here that's proven that they could do it. So Wilson, I, I think is going to be the guy that really steps up. If if you want to think in a positive manner, only four receivers received any sort of snaps on Thursday, and that was the the big three, and yep. then Cedric Wilson. Wilson went three targets, three receptions. So he was able to make the catch on all three times the ball was thrown his way for 24 yards on 27 snaps total. So that's a positive thing, is that even as people are being used, you don't have to go further down the list than you have to. That's a nice workload, though, for a number four receiver. 27 27 snaps. snaps, Yeah. And that's not including special team snaps. That's a good point. So, I mean, he he probably had a 50-snap, you know, 60-snap game. I mean, that's... That's that's, that's, good work. that's, that's a good great work. point because like he's a core guy on special. Didn't he hit a nice tackle on special yeah. teams? Yeah, he did. Yeah. When, you're, when you're a core guy, you're on kickoff, kickoff return, punt, punt return, and that's what I talk about. The point. I mean, you're like you're you're in there. I don't care where you're at on there, but you're you're in there having an impact some way somehow. You know, that's what I'm talking about. Like ter- in terms of semi. When I saw, I think it was punt. When I saw punt coverage, I didn't see him on punt. I was like, ooh, that's not good. Uh, Cedric good. Wilson had eight snaps on special teams nice. as well. Okay. So, so he was okay. a you know thirty five snap guy. That's yeah. that's a solid day now mm-hmm. for a four for number four receiver. I was just looking up the stats last year for Noah Brown in the five games that he played with Dak, and then the six games for Cedric Wilson counting last week. And Noah Brown was seven of eight targets catches for eighty yards, and Cedric was fifteen of twenty for one hundred ninety and two touchdowns, both against Seattle. Like. That 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 is an underrated part of this offense, and yeah. I know people wanted to cut both guys. You know? Yeah, like, crazy. You know, find, find space <laughs> for them. That they have a nice rapport with Dak Prescott. Like I'm, I think Michael Gallup's a fantastic young young receiver, but like I feel better about this situation than Lyle Collins being out for five I games. Agree. In part because yeah. it may be less for Mike. Being out. And then but. Noah, you can use at a lot of lot more uh, positions on offense. Not only is he he can go in the slot, he can also play a little bit of tight end. And he, you know, people don't like to hear that, but he can. No, yeah. He crack, play a little bit of tight end blocks and all that, and, and definitely make some blocks that our tight ends didn't make. Mm. So mm-hmm. that's that's the other thing too is that. Kellen wants all the receivers to play every position, and Cedric Wilson can do that. I yeah. mean, when he first got here, that was the thing he kept telling me when I, I sat down with him one time was I got to learn every position. And so, and Mike didn't really play as many slot 
reps as maybe we thought he would based yeah. off of camp. He, I think he was mostly on the outside against Tampa Bay, but there's still that versatility there within the within the receiving core within the unit. But I still are they snake bit though? My God, you know, <laughs> Friday after the game, it's like. You can't even enjoy a moral victory. You nope. know, you felt like you're still oh, feeling good. Don't even say that you're, word. You're feeling good despite <laughs> there's, there's the only, loss. There's only 16 more weeks to go, right? No, that's Come on. That's, <laughs> that's an eternity. Fine. Uh, by I, the way, it's tough, man. That's a tough. That's a tough double blow on Friday. Before we go to the phone lines here, uh, you talked about slot reps. Cedric Wilson had the most slot reps on the team wow. on Thursday. Tied, or actually tied with that. Tied with Amari Cooper with 23. Mm. Michael Gallup only had four slot reps. Yeah. So that's Interesting. actually kind of, you think about just the natural plug and play there. Throw C.D. Lamb outside, who had 22 slot reps. Throw him outside. You got Cedric Wilson in the slot. That's you got some positivity there. Interesting, because we had a lot of conversations about Gallup and his what he needs to do to become more versatile, right? Yeah. In terms of him being in the slot, and then all of a sudden, his first game out, they're like, eh, "You just stay out there, Cedric. Yep. Come on in." Well, I got to ask you. Uh-oh. You know, Amari Cooper, did he like answer questions for you? Like we've your toughness, all of those things, route running. Like he took over the game on Thursday and left no doubt. I mean, we were. I even we entertained the thought of who's the alpha dog in this trip, <laughs> but Lamar Cooper came out yeah, and no. just let it hang. Yeah, no question. I mean, I, and I think he was he put himself out there though, right? He walked his own plank. He put it. He said, "I consider myself to be the best receiver in the league." Whoa, you say something like that? Yeah, you were on the. Yeah, <laughs> you were walking the plank. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it means you got to back that thing up. And so I think he put that pressure on himself intentionally. 13 receptions on 17 targets, 139 yards. He was just on another level on Thursday. All right, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. The real Anthony from Florida on the line. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. How y'all got What's up, man? Let's go. We're going to do it like this, man. Everybody knows that me calling the last five years to any show, no, I'm number one with Dak. Dak is my dude. So I'm extremely happy with what he did. Did I think he threw, you know, threw too much and they put him in positions? Yeah. I'm going to tell you why. Here we go. Jameis Winston, I think he had 20 attempts, five touchdowns. Russell Wilson, 23 attempts, four touchdowns. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That one guy they keep leaving out of everything, saying he might have lost a step, this and that, if you don't find better ways to get Ezekiel Elliott that ball, and the ones who are saying Zeke ain't got it no more, lost a step, let Zeke go to another team. Let him do the Democrats where. Because I guarantee you he'll go to a Pro Bowl in the next two or three years and probably win a Super Bowl. So get your man in the game. There's nothing wrong with throwing the ball. But 58 times, come on, man, let's focus on the run more. Let's, let's find more opportunities to run the ball. And Dan Quinn, everything he's brought to this team is going to bring to this team with a few additions and then a few subtractions, probably next year a couple guys will be gone. I'm liking that. So I see the defense being able to help our team in the next two years or so. And the last point, please, Mike McCarthy, stop listening to Bones Foster. The dude has not done anything since he's got here. To me, Jeremiah is a good kicker. He missed, missed a few. But don't let a guy who just missed two kicks talk you into giving Tom Brady the ball if you missed his 60-yarder on the 50-yard line. Come on, man, you take the morale of your team away. So Mike McCarthy's got to have better coaching decisions. That's pretty much it, man. No problem. Eh, eh. 
That's my man, man. I feel you, man. I'm right there with you. He said EA Sports. Get in the game. Get in the game. I like that a lot. Thanks Thanks so much for the call. And, yeah, he hit a lot of great points there that a lot of Cowboys fans, and I know the real Anthony is the realest Cowboys fan out there. Oh, yeah. But uh, he hit a ton of points there that are just kind of rattling through the brain. He said about Dak Prescott throwing too much, which I, I can't disagree with. I know that was kind of a part of the game plan and what the defense gave them as we talked about on Friday, but five of the six leading passers in week one lost their games in week one. I mean, I know a lot of that has to do with throwing the ball late and trying to get back into a game and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, you look at the numbers, and that's exactly what it says right there. So what did you guys take away from that call? And I think the Jameis Winston uh, analogy is kind of misleading because he only had 150 yards passing with five touchdowns, which is crazy. <laughs> That's efficiency. A, it's efficient. Yeah, this is a crazy stat, though, yes. um, in itself. Yeah. But, you know, I think that's what that's what we opened up with. I think this is where the league is going. And, and I mm-hmm. think for people that don't understand that mind state, it, it's kind of troubling. And we abandoned the run in the first quarter. We was tied 7-7, and we just quit. And, and, abort. It, yeah, abort. <laughs> and, and a lot of times when people do that, when you see teams um, stop running, it's because they're behind by a lot. It was just the game plan. That's just what we were going to do. And obviously, if it was for the protection reasons, uh, then, okay, that makes sense. But, goodness, we completely abandoned it. Abandoned ship. I, I agree with him. I, I believe that we were, we were – it was frustrating to me because we were, we were running the ball effectively. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that we were when we went outside. Yeah. You know, now we knew not to tr- even try to go inside. When you were going outside, we were getting the good yardage, and yeah. you saw the improvement from Zeke. You saw his explosiveness. So, yes, I agree. You have to find ways to get Zeke the ball, even if it comes at the expense of throwing another you know, a swing route or whatever it may be, swing screen. There's a lot of opportunities out there for screens. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but a lot of opportunities <laughs> for swings just based upon leverage um, advantages and things of that nature. But, you know, yeah, he's right. We got to get we got to get Zeke the ball. And everybody who wants to say that Zeke lost something, please, Zeke is going to break out one of these games. And everybody's going to be like, why haven't we been giving him the ball? <laughs> Zeke the ball. <laughs> No, for sure. Like, I, <laughs> no, I like, and but see, that's we do that with Tony Pollard too. If we don't, if he doesn't get enough touches, and they tried to work him in, and then now it's it's what you just said about the Zeke. It's like part of it is they have so many weapons, you know. But I agree with you. Fifty-eight times is it, it's too much, and and it wasn't just a pure product of playing from behind. They had the lead or yeah. within yep. two points in the second half. I I thought Zeke, you're right. I thought he looked great. He looked. um Kind of that slippery, shifty Zeke we mm-hmm. saw in, in preseason and limited snaps, but yeah, maybe more screens, maybe more stuff on the outside. I don't disagree with the game plan. Like I think the matchups were the matchups on the outside, and and their best bet was throwing. But I, I you know, you could get him more involved. Do you guys have any friends that you know that if you hang out with this guy, he's going to get you in trouble? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you hang out a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Bones Fossil is that guy. Yeah. I think <laughs> Mike McCarthy. That's why his name is let's, Bones. Let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that when we come back on the other side of the break. You're listening to Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos. Boom, 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 boom. Hey. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. 
and the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, and make sure and be able to check out the Miller Lighthouse located outside AT&T Stadium, where Dallas Cowboys game day traditions are born. Enjoy yard games, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, beer gardens, and more. For more information, you can visit attstadium.com slash Miller Lighthouse. Miller Lighthouse, your tailgate just got jealous. Final five minutes here of Talking Cowboys on Overreaction Monday around the NFL. This is Reflection Monday for the Dallas Cowboys. As the Chargers are on the horizon. You chuckle a little bit there. No, I like the Reflection one. Yeah. That's good. It's different yeah. than Overreaction. Yeah, yeah. it's a little less like it. angry. Dramatic. Sounding. Sure. You know, and we'll say of... it with our chest on Friday yeah. and we'll do all of that. But yeah, I thought it would be a, a nice mellow show today after what we had Friday. You guys had made an impact on Friday. I thought it, I thought I should share that. It was fun. I'm sorry. For what? Why would you be sorry? You know, the Harrison family has adopted Isaiah and they feel because <laughs> he's the, the the giver of Christmas trees. All right. That's true. And so everybody loves Isaiah. My it was house. a nice Christmas tree. It was a very you didn't you did you did not yes, yes, yes. Should we bring that Uncle Christmas Isaiah. tree and put it in here? <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Zay, Uncle Zay. Everybody knows Uncle Zay. And so when I said I didn't speak to Isaiah on Friday, my Kia says, Daddy. You gotta speak to Isaiah. Like I was just, just I She Isaiah. watches the show. Oh, oh, oh boy. I love Kia. Well, you better believe that. Yes. Oh, of course. Gosh. We watch the Dad, show. You gotta speak to Isaiah. Gotta speak to Isaiah. It's so. my Christmas tree. You <laughs> <laughs> gotta get Christmas tree. I need to uh, pick one from my room. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you one, baby. We'll there get you, you one this year. There you go. <laughs> Shout out to Kia and the yeah. entire uh, Harrison family. Goodness, that's awesome. Okay. Final three minutes. Bones Fossil, you were making a point about 
him prior to the break. Any you want to elaborate on it a little? No, I just think that you know I, we, we talked about it last week. You guys didn't think that the the field goal at the end of the second quarter was that impactful. I mean, you talk about Tom Brady and all the things that he does, and you leave him what 15, 20 seconds in in a period like that. Man, that crazy. could be disaster for you. Correct. Fortunately for us, they didn't have any timeouts, and Tom didn't go into his TB12 magic bag and sprinkle some pixie dust on us and score at the end of the first half. But that's what that's I mean, that's your man, right? You you that's what he does. And so we left a lot out there. Uh, and it's just every game now has began to be an event of its own. Like we got a watermelon kick, we got it's just just things that are starting to happen and this is I think this is just who Mike McCarthy is. I mean, we got a riverboat run. I don't know what nickname we're going to give coach Mike. So Right now, he's just he's just doing a lot of things within his scheme and, and dealing with time that I don't think that a lot of uh, NFL head coaches would do. And that's been his M.O. He's been doing it for a while now, and at some point it's going to catch up or it's going to win him a championship. I, I feel like a good – I love that reference, but you're, you're right. It, a good special teams unit needs to – it doesn't have to even make plays. It just has to make – like it just has to – DYJ, yeah. do, your, do your, job. your job. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. It's almost like an umpire in baseball. It's yeah. like you don't want to remember the umpire's name at yeah. the end of a baseball game yep. D-Y-J. because that means they didn't do their job the right way. It's not glorious. You're, you're glorified within the special teams room. You're yeah. glorified within your within your team because those guys understand the impact that you have, right? When you go down there on kickoff and you tackle those guys within the, inside the twenty yard line, and your offense is coming, you know your 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 defense is coming out there. You give your guys a high five, like they understand how important it's. It a, is. It's a thankless it's, job. It's a thankless <laughs> job. I mean, you know, on, on the outside it is, right? Unless yeah. you have a big return yeah, exactly. or something like that. But interior wise, on the team, guys are respected because you understand how much of an impact they have on the game. You know, field of possession matters. Mm-hmm. It freaking matters. Now we start talking about some of these quarterbacks. Backs we're going up against it matters, right? Whether those guys get the ball inside the twenty-five or whether they get the ball on the forty, it matters. It matters. Are you saying Bones is like Jonah Hill and super bad? Yes, <laughs> that is who. We, do it, do it. Mike is like Michael Sarah. I, I yeah. I mean, it's um. You sound like you sound like Jimmy's brother. <laughs> Another great movie. I don't like. I don't think Mike just, you know is hearing bones in his ear and just saying, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever you say. I think Mike is is has a tendency to be aggressive, too, and take mm-hmm. chance. Like, Mike, throughout his career, going forward on fourth down, he'll do that, you know? So I think they both have that kind of mentality. Um, they were so banged up last year that I think they – they felt like they had to do some of that smoke and mirror stuff. I don't, I don't, and, and, but John is known for doing that no matter what. But I think maybe you can do it a little less this year than, than last year. We'll see. But yeah, the, the kick before the halftime was surprising. The last play of the game, I mean, they ran a special teams play. They didn't put Dak whoa, out there whoa, for the throw. Yeah, did you see that? So I was a little we surprised didn't get to by talk that. about Wait, that. Michael Parsons snapped the ball. Yeah. Yeah. And Leighton Van Der Esch was the up back. And then who was the first one with the carry? Was it Pollard? Maybe. I can't remember who back it was. It was, it was kind of. Pollard was the quarterback. I, he was I, the quarterback. Okay. I guess from the distance they were from, they, they just didn't think, you know. Don't want to stretch it with Dak's but, arm. But maybe not. But Dak, man. Mm, 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 mm. I was surprised by that. I was yeah. surprised by that. But hey. Yeah. 
we'll talk a little bit about that tomorrow. But tomorrow we're going to take a lot of fan calls because we've got an extra day of a show before we start previewing the Cowboys and the Chargers coming up later this week. So we're going to take a lot of fan calls, have a ton of conversation tomorrow. But that's going to do it for us here on this Monday edition of Talking Cowboys. Special thanks to everybody who's stuck with us here over the last 45 minutes. For Chris Beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys presented by Tostitos. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!